0: Open your Bibles again to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to preach a very simple message tonight entitled, Let's Try. Let's Try. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. It has been a joy to be with your people, the church family, our guests and visitors on this first day of the year. Lord, we're very thankful, and our hearts are full. Lord, from the blessings that we have enjoyed in this past year, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your patience and long-suffering. Thank you for your goodness to us despite our weaknesses. And Lord, as we begin this year, may we begin the year with the commitment of putting you first in our lives. And I pray that you would bless this simple message tonight. I pray that you would use it to challenge us, to cause us to think in our individual lives tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to preach it simply on the subject of trying. I'll tell you now, my purpose is to try and motivate our service for the Lord this year. I want us to look at three verses where we find either the word or the definition of the word try or trying. First of all, I want you to notice our text verse and that is 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 24. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize. He states the obvious. When you have a race, uh, ever how many run in the race, one of those win, and one of those receive the prize. And then he says this, so run that ye may obtain. Now it's obvious that not everyone in the race wins at first place, but you can't win at all if you don't try it. And so he says here, so run. I said it this morning, I'll repeat it tonight. Some folks say, if I set goals for the new year, I'm setting myself up for failure. There's truth to that. But you're also setting yourself up for the possibility of victory. I'd rather try and fail than to say I've never failed because I've never tried. I want to add something, and I'm not adding it. I want to point out something else in verse number Twenty-five, And this is a great statement. It's not the focus of the message tonight. The focus of the message is that phrase. I have it underlined in my Bible in red. So run that you may obtain. You can't win if you don't run. And then the Bible says this. And every man that striveth, everybody that tries for the mastery is temperate in all things. Whether you win or not, it will increase your character to try. So you're always helped when you try. If you fail and you don't win the race, at least you're a better person for trying than one that doesn't care and they have no reason to have character. They have no reason to be temperate. Are you with me tonight? They have no reason to be temperate because they're not attempting anything for God. So run that you may obtain. Go to chapter 24 of the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 24, and I want you to notice what the Bible says in verse number 16. Now, the purpose of the message tonight is I am trying to motivate people to serve God. That's what I'm trying to do. If I worked for the military and I was a recruiter, I would be recruiting you to join the military. I don't work for the army or the navy, the air force, but I do work for God's army. And I come tonight as a recruiting officer for the Lord's army, and I'm trying tonight to get folks to try in serving the Lord. Proverbs chapter 24. Notice, if you will, in verse number 16. For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. He is not a failure When he falls, you're a failure when you quit trying. So he says, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Now make note of this. I'd rather fall trying than fall in mischief. Do you see it? I'd rather fall trying than to fall in mischief. Uh, you're going to have times of failure when you try. And so he's telling us here, a just man, an honest man. A just man is an honest man. Paul said uh, that it was just a reasonable service that he gave his life to serve God because of what God had done for him. He forgave him of all his sin. He delivered his soul from hell. He gave him his righteousness that he might have eternal life in heaven. And he said, for what God has done for me, it's only reasonable that I would give myself to serve him. And so he says, a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. The word seven is significant in that it is a word of infinity or continuation. And the word seven does not just mean seven. If you recall when Peter said, How oft should I forgive someone? Seven times. Is that enough? That's God's number. And God said to him, The Lord Jesus said to him 70 times at seven. I know some folks are at 419 and still counting and when the day comes. But anyway, uh, what he was saying here, uh, this is a a, a word, uh, I'm sorry, a number of infinity. So he says here, A just man falleth seven times and riseth again but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Notice the fall of the wicked in mischief says nothing of him rising again. That mischief will ruin his life and he'll have no opportunity to try. So I'd rather live all of my life trying and falling and getting back up and trying and falling and getting back up and trying and falling and getting back up Rather than fall one time in mischief and never get back up, I want to try in serving God. Amen. Now take your Bibles and go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I want you to notice in verse number 3. Hebrews, James That's where it was the last time I looked it up. There it is. Hebrews James chapter 1 verse number 3. There it is. The Bible says knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Now here's how we typically read that and it is right to do. We make a stand in our faith. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us to stand in the strength of the Lord. We stand Our faith is challenged, and so the trying of our faith is the challenge of our faith. In Ephesians, the Bible describes it like this. We go from standing to withstanding. That means not only do we take a stand, we withstand anything that would try to knock us off our stand. So we see faith standing and trials attacking our faith but I believe we could also see our faith not just in the position of defense, but we could see it in the position of offense saying, have you tried out your faith lately? Are you listening to me? I'm not just using faith to protect. I'm using faith to move forward in the work of God. So I'm going to try. I'm gonna put my faith on trial. What am I going to do? I'm gonna read a promise in the Bible. I'm gonna claim that promise and so I am putting that faith to the test. Uh, You may go look at a car and uh, you're thinking about buying a car and you look at it, you like the color. For some reason we kick the tires. And uh, I've never had one to go flat and kicking the tires, but I've kicked them. And I saw somebody else do that, and I thought, that's what you're supposed to do. And the fellow would say, would you like to take it for a test drive? And so you try it. You drive it. And uh, I'm always worried when I drive because I like to push buttons more than I like to go places. Instead of looking where I'm going, I'm seeing... You know what I'm talking about, don't you? You fellas do that, push all the buttons and see if they work. So you're trying out the car. I want to ask you tonight, when's the last time you put your faith in offense to do something for God and say, i 'm going to move forward by faith. i 'm not just going to use my faith to protect my position. I 'm not going to use my faith just to protect my stand, but I'm going to move forward by faith. The trying of faith, the Bible says, worketh patience. Again, when we try, it increases our character, and that's a good thing. When we try, it increases our character. We found that to be true in all three verses now. I want to say tonight, I want to challenge you tonight that you would attempt to do something for God this year that perhaps you haven't tried before. The Bible is filled with simple people, amateur people who attempted and accomplished great things for God. That motivates me. It motivates me to read what men, simple men... I'm talking about not men of pedigree, not not men of expectation, but simple men. I think of Abraham called out of the Ur of the Chaldees and called of God. He exercised his faith and he accomplished great things for God because he tried. He tried his faith. I like the story of Noah who built the ark. Now, I'm not going to the detail, but it's an amazing story that Noah built the ark. Uh, there'd been no rain. Uh, there'd been no boats. And so he is building uh, an ark. Uh, I, I like the statement that says, amateurs built the ark, professionals built the Titanic. I like that. Because I'm an Amateur. I want to try and do something for God in the coming year. I'm going to fail at some of them, but I'm at least going to try. And in my trying, I'm not only going to fail at some, I'm going to succeed at some, and I want to get to the end of the year as we've just got to the end of the past year and look back and see that things have been accomplished for the glory of God because people tried and they put their faith to the test and God used them to do something for him. I like the story of just a shepherd boy, not old enough to be in Israel's army, just going to get a report of how his brothers are doing in battle and to take to them some food. And when he gets there, that shepherd boy, I just like the fact that he's carrying his sling with him. I just like it. I mean, it reminds me of a boy just carrying his BB gun with him just in case. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this boy, I mean, this this shepherd boy, he's just carrying his slingshot. I mean, uh, he's already, uh, 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 he's already spared, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'll think of the word in a minute. You ought to try this sometime. He's already uh, put his life in danger protecting the sheep. And so he has his slingshot and David kills Goliath. You know why he did? Because he tried. If he hadn't tried, he, hadn't kill, he wouldn't have killed. Goliath, he wouldn't have killed Goliath, and the other giants would not have been killed. But he set an example; it can be done. I love the story of Gideon leading 300 men to defeat the Midianites. I think all of these stories have a bit of humor in them. I think of the Midianites. I mean, this is a host of of, of trained soldiers and uh, Gideon of all things I mean if I'd have had 300 men I'd have trained all 300 to be snipers I'd have chosen the quietest men that you could find anywhere they end up being the loudest bugler blowers in the country and they blow the horn and they and they uh, open their lights that everybody can see while they think there's a host of people coming of course God won the battle but you know why Gideon was successful in leading 300 people to defeat the Midianites and Gideon was the least of the smallest tribe. You know why? He tried. What are you going to try this year? You say I'm afraid I'll fail. Well just put aside your pride and go ahead and try. You're sitting about around a bunch of failures that won't quit so you might as well go ahead and try. Let's try. Let's give ourselves to serve God in the coming year. I love the story of Moses, allowing God to use him, a fugitive, to go back. I mean a fugitive from the country of Egypt to go back and tell Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. I love every story, especially as a kid and a teenager. I love the stories of how, I I just think God has a wonderful sense of humor. I I think it's a great thing that they wake up and there are frogs everywhere. Now the last one made me itch, but, but I like the frog one. And uh, the ten plagues. You You know why Moses delivered the children of Israel? You know why? Because he tried. He tried and God used him. Elijah prayed down fire from heaven. He challenged the false prophets of Baal and of Jezebel. I like that story. And it inspires me. It inspires me and it stirs me to say... I want to do something for God. I want to attempt something for God. I want to do something for God that God can get great glory for. And folks will look at it and say, how in the world did that happen? He's not anybody. He's not anybody special. He's not anybody important. He doesn't have great talent or ability. It must have been God. You know how you do it? You simply try. You have to try. A just man falleth seven times, and yet he riseth again one of the most beneficial parts of my education. One of the uh, uh, parts of my education that I'm most thankful for was the reading of biographies and giving either an oral report or a written report on those biographies. Uh, The biography of D.L. Moody and how he got a burden uh, for the children in the slums of Chicago, the poor children, that nobody cared about. And, 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 And nobody, they didn't care about them going to church and Sunday school and Moody had hundreds and hundreds of boys and girls coming to Sunday school. They said to Moody one day, I love this story. They said, Mr. Moody, you bring all these hundreds of boys and girls to Sunday school, but you don't teach. Why don't you teach? And they said, Mr. Moody decided he would teach. And he taught the first Sunday. And after they heard him, they said, you bring them and we'll teach them. He was a terrible teacher, but he became a great preacher. You know how? He tried. And he failed. And you know what he did? He got up and he tried again and he failed, and he got up, and he tried again, and he kept going. I love the stories of R.A. Torrey. I love the story of Billy Sunday, how he walked away from professional baseball I was I and and he became an evangelist. I was reading week before last. Uh, let's see, it was three weeks ago. I was reading the stories of the construction of the uh, of the tabernacles they would build. I mean, they would build tabernacles that would hold six and eight thousand people. Big wooden structures. It'd take longer today to get the permit than it was in those days to build those wooden structures. And they would build those. And I mean, thousands of people would come. Billy Sunday would stand upon the pulpit and preach he would get up if i got up on the pulpit it would be a show i'd fall off and uh, I, but but the excitement and the joy of that billy sunday had in preaching you know how he did it he tried he tried i love the story of george Mueller. i love the story of Schubel Stearns, the man who went through the south planting baptist churches now, there's, a, there, there's an, interest, an interesting thing, of course, George, uh, Billy Sunday and Shubal Stearns, uh, they were in two different eras of time. But Shubal Stearns gave his life to planting churches. Billy Sunday gave his life in preaching large crusades, and he had a lot of people saved. But in the south, where Shubal Stearns planted churches, And the emphasis was not just on getting saved, don't miss it, but going to Sunday school, having Sunday school teachers and preachers and pastors and churches that taught the Word of God. The South became known as the Bible Belt because of planting churches. That fact, and those men were in different eras of time, but that fact influenced me. One of the things of my childhood that's not present in the life of many today is time to use your imagination. When, when, when I was growing up, we had a lot of time on our hands. Now, now, I want you to think, what would you do if you didn't have a television, you didn't have a computer, and you didn't have a cell phone? Other than have a seizure, what would you do? Now, think about it. I, I I mean, think about it. If you didn't have a television, you didn't have a computer, you didn't have a cell phone, what would you do? And you had time. You was growing up as a child. You'd use your imagination. You you, you, you would play games. Uh, we, we, we played basketball. We played softball. The first softball field we had, this is the truth, the first softball field that we had. Left field was a hillside. It really was. Right field was a big, long, <laughs> flat field, but left side was a mountain. Uh, you had to have one leg shorter than the other to play in left field. But if one good thing about it, if you missed it, the ball would roll down to you, playing just behind the shortstop. And and, and we played, and we played, and we played. I, I I played softball until the cover came off the ball, and we took duct tape, and made the ball again. We, we had time and we used our imagination. We, fl- uh, we, we played hide and seek. One of my favorite stories is uh, they said years ago they found a skeleton in the mountains and they thought it was an old Indian chief. And they came in and they did all the testing and all of that and they discovered he was a hide and go seek champion of 1947. <laughs> Ah, that was funny for all three of us. We really enjoyed that. But we used our imagination. We played cowboys and Indians. We did. We played cowboys and Indians. And, and we carried guns everywhere we went, loaded guns. Now, not real guns, but, but sticks. And, and, and that's what we played. Now, we played cops and robbers. You can't play that today. It offends somebody. Now, of course, a grown man can put on a dress and pretend that he's a woman, but you can't play cowboys and Indians. That's what we did. We had imagination. We built things. I'd get this wild imagination to take old lumber laying around the barn and build a boat. We didn't even have a lake, but I just I I just thought about it and build a boat. I'd build a space rocket. I'd build a is anybody with me tonight? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever use their imagination? That's what life was about. Now listen to me. In our imagination, reading a book was taking a trip somewhere around the world. Reading a book was going on a trip on a ship. The first time I sailed with Christopher Columbus was in a book. Using your imagination. There were no pictures except the ones I drew. Reminds me of a little girl drawing a picture. And they said, what are you drawing a picture of? And she said, God. And they said, nobody's ever seen God. And she said, they will when I get finished with this picture. And, uh, but, but, but we used our imagination. Now, now, now think with me and stay with me. As a child of God in reading this Bible, the Bible became alive. And when I read the story of Daniel in the lion's den, I had an imagination that I imagined what it was like to be in the lion's den. Imagine what it was like to pray and God to deliver. Our minds have become so busy and occupied. Boy, I've got so many stories to tell. Uh, let me stop my watch here so it'll uh, not, not keep running. Uh, but as a child of God, I decided that I was going to try the promises in this book. And guess what? They're not make believe, they're real. God does answer prayers. In 1980, I turned 16 years old at the end of the summer. The year before, in 1979, my dad bought strawberries for me and a mule. But I remember the next year my my dad and I and two brothers, David was just a young child, four or five years old. We built a log cabin in the mountains. And we dreamed about building a church camp for children and teens to come to in the summer. I remember cutting down the trees with a chainsaw. We had an old mule that we brought. The, we, brought we, we would measure the trees and get them all within the uh, inch or two of the same size. And, and we drug those uh, to the central location there. And we put the logs together. And we put mud between the logs on the outside. And we put cardboard on the inside we set up a pot-bellied stove inside for heat and we stayed in the uh, cabin that winter and, and uh, my dad would shake down the ashes of the wood and we would take uh, potatoes and wrap them in aluminum foil and put them in the ashes and bake those. And you know what we'd talk about? We'd dream about serving God. Amen. Now listen to what I'm about to tell you. My dad said, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if we had cabins like this that boys and girls could come to and have summer camp. Guess what was born in my heart? A camp. Today it's not a dream. It's an amazing, beautiful reality. I remember it was probably three or four summers. My dad would have, he got a tent. He started having tent revivals. And he would go to a bus route and uh, we'd have vacation Bible school in the morning and church services in the evening. We had a lot of people saved, and the bus route would grow, and there'd be a revival on the different bus routes. Guess what vision was born in my heart? what would be a wonderful thing to plant churches like this. Some churches are now more than 20 years old that began with just a dream, a vision, and saying, I wonder if it would work if we set up a tent and went soul winning with the desire and goal and plan to plant a church. What an exciting thing. Let me ask you a question. What are you going to try in the coming year to serve God? What, why, why don't some of you think about, some of you ladies, think about working in the nursery in 2023? What about some of you men getting a CDL driver's license and drive a bus in 2023? You say, I don't know if I can do it. You'll never know unless you try. Amen. What, why don't some of you say, I, I'm going to work on a bus route this year. I want to try that. Your eye will affect your heart. Some of you, and don't everybody take me serious on this, but some of you ought to try singing in the choir. If you can sing. What about this? You know you've never won a soul to Christ that you didn't try to win? How many times have we all been surprised when we gave a gospel tract to someone just waiting for them to shoot us? And they said, thank you. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'd like to invite you to come to church. Sure. Sure. I've been looking for a church. Really, the only people you can find out about is those that you try. The young lady said over here on the fourth row. She came to church this for a second time this morning. First time she came, she came as a result. Brother Harris and his family was eating in a restaurant, big fancy one down there. I believe it's McDonald's or Burger King one. And, and, and he forgot, and they forgot church tracks. And then they went back out to the car, and they said, we got to give that gal, she's a good gal, we got to give her a church track and invite her to church. You know, you know why she was here this morning? You know why she was here last week? Because they tried. Amen. Nobody's going to come to church that you don't invite. We have to try. What if I fail? Well, I'd rather fall trying than fall in mischief. Falling keeps me busy. Falling develops my character. But the Bible says uh, the the wicked, they fall into mischief. My dad started Bible Baptist Church in Hazard 1972. They bought property and started building a building in 1975. That was my first, first experience watching a building be built. My grandfather was a part of that. I remember my grandfather's measuring tape was not one that you pulled out and a retractable one, one that went in. My grandfather's measuring tape was an unfolding stick. You know what I'm talking about? They're about this long and they, you unfold them like that. My grandfather taught me, he said, that's an inch. That's a half inch. said, so See this mark right here? That's a quarter of an inch. That's an eighth of an inch. That's the 32nd. Now, if I tell you I need a board that is uh, 38 inches and 3 quarters, I want you to learn. And he taught me. That's that's where I learned first about measuring boards. I learned how to mix mortar for laying concrete blocks. I learned how to dig ditches and put in water lines. I learned how to frame two before walls on 16-inch centers and 24-inch centers. I learned how to install... Insulation between the two before studs and then itch and scratch the next three days. I've overseen the buildings and, and, and just on the college and the church, we've saved over a million dollars on a general contractor because that experience that I have. A banker asked me the other day, when did you become a builder? I said, oh, I was just a kid. I grew up building churches. We, we built some walls that fell down. But what we did the next time was put more mortar than sand, and we learned that's what the problem was. We had too much sand in there the first time. I'm just saying tonight, as we begin a new year, why don't we try to do something new, something else in serving God? Let me give you these quotes that are a challenge to me. Great things happen to those who don't stop believing, trying, learning, and being grateful. Do not fear failure, but rather fear not trying. Only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. Here's a good quote. A bruise is a lesson, and each lesson makes us better. Each mistake teaches you something about yourself. There is no failure, remember, except in no longer trying. It is the courage to continue that counts. It is common sense to to take a method and try it. If it fails, admit it frankly. Try another. But above all, try something. President Roosevelt. Winston Churchill said success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Churchill said, boy, I love this one. Fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. The price of greatness is responsibility. You hear folks say often, I'm not responsible for that. You know what greatness is? The willing to say, the willingness to say, I'll be responsible, I'll try. But if you fail, folks will mock you and folks will laugh. I'd rather be mocked for trying and failing than to fall in mischief with the wicked. Stand with me tonight, if you will, please. When we think of failure in the Bible, we think of people like Peter, who denied the Lord and cursed. But he tried. And when he got back up again, it was Peter that was chosen to preach at Pentecost when 3,000 were saved and baptized. When we think of failure, we think of John Mark because he turned back from serving. And yet when he failed, he got back up again. And he learned and was used to write the gospel of Mark in the New Testament. Prophet Elijah's depression uttered the words, Lord, take my life. He said he wanted to die. And yet he accomplished more in his attempts and failure than all of those who never tried at all. Heavenly Father, help us tonight to understand